It's time to try again. Don't, no, there is no try. There is only do. Game two of the Edmonton Oilers versus the Winnipeg Jets goes tonight. The Oil looking to uh, even up that series after Wednesday's 4-1 to loss. So as we get you set up for it, it is time for a little Oilers Extra. And we're thrilled to have a sponsor on board. This is brought to you by Mid-City Construction Management. Good news here, they're hiring in their excavation and underground divisions and more. So if you want to apply, just go to mid-city.ca. So, yes, this is a little extra on the orders, with a little more of the talk that leads up to the big walk. Uh, play-by-play man Cam Moon is going to join us in just a moment. But first, Morty Scott's going to set it all up for us. Game two tonight. 5 o'clock for the face-off show. 7 o'clock is game time. The Oilers and the Jets. Winnipeg won game one, of course, by a score of 4-1. to one. Oilers had a slow start in the game. Took them a while to get a shot on net. Took them a while to get their legs under them. And by that time, it might have been too late to get the momentum rolling in their favor. Uh, they do believe, though, a better finish to game two will come after a better start to game two. That's something we uh, we talked about uh, towards the last 10-4 uh, games of making sure um, uh, you know we're, we're coming out with good starts. Obviously in the playoffs, so they're, they're the key mo- uh, it's a key part of the game. Got it to Kyle Connor, waited it out, and then backhanded ahead for Wheeler against Ethan Barry. Cuts inside, shoots and scores. And this one looks to be over. 4-1, the Jets get a second empty netter first 10 minutes I think we should really emphasize that to do to keep it simple and really really set the set the tone here's a shot by Barry as he enters the zone quick shot score yes a boy Irving on the rebound he found it the Jets did it and yes a boy Irving making his National Hockey League playoff debut has scored Edmonton's first postseason goal we gotta get to to the net a little more and, and maybe make it a little simpler on ourselves and then just put puck there and roll there, but um, eventually they're going to go in. Nurse to Dryson, enters the zone right wing, cuts to the middle, drop past McDavid, open his bear, a shot, save made, Helbuck, rebound, slid wide, wide open, Dryson, a fires, what a stop made by Connor Helbuck. Game one didn't, didn't go our way, we didn't get the result that, that we wanted, but um, it's, it's going to be a long series and, and we're ready for game two. And game two is tonight, 7 o'clock start time, 5 o'clock for the face-off show here on Oilers Radio 630. Chad, from the Oilers Radio Network now, we're joined by play-by-play man Cam Moon. Uh, Good morning, Cam. Uh, We saw something that doesn't happen very often in game one. Both Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl were shut out. It's rare that neither one of them gets a point. It's even rarer when they don't get points in the same game. That's something I'm sure that will change tonight. They usually come back pretty strong after that. They do. They do. Uh, yeah, Morley, you don't see it happen very often either. Uh, uh, Connor McDavid, it was only 11 times the entire year out of 56 games, and it only happened a couple of times in the last two months. Uh, and then they bounce, they've bounced back pretty hard. In fact, there's been two times McDavid's come back with a couple of points. A few times he's come back with four points. There was one time he came back with five points after being blanked and same with Leon Dreisaitl uh, in the last couple of months it only happened uh, four times where he didn't pick up a point and the last time it happened he had four assists so I, I would say that they will both be super motivated along with the rest of the team I mean, you want to get yourself right back in this series and a win absolutely does that it's amazing how quick the 
the highs and the lows can change in the postseason. But these are, are two players that uh, they aren't aren't used to being kept off the score sheet. So they, they tend to bounce back real strong. I expect that. I most certainly expect that that will happen, uh, happen for them. And uh, yeah, I think it's. I think that that will kind of lead the charge, but you need it from everybody, of course. But I, I, I'm expecting a, a game with. I don't think they're going to ease into it as much as they did in Game One, and and I'd say that for both teams. In the first ten minutes of the first game, it's not exactly what most expected, especially watching the other games that have been so intense. That intensity level took a while to to kind of build itself. Um, not to mention that there wasn't a lot of room either way. Both teams were were playing it pretty tight to the vest, but I'd expect a little more bang for your buck early on. Yeah, right off the bat this time around, they, they've already felt it out. That's out of the way. Let's get at it, butt heads, and away we go. You know, let me throw a monkey wrench into the possibility of the whole bounce back thing because we talked about the seven and two record the Oilers had in the regular season against Winnipeg. When we talk about those bounce backs with uh, with with Leon and with Connor, that's been in the regular season. It's tighter checking. It's harder checking it's a little harder to break through i'm not saying i don't have faith i think that they will bounce back as well but uh, it's not it's almost not as much of a given as it may have been in the regular season i wonder that's absolutely fair Uh, i can 100 percent get on board with that because there isn't as much it's and and you look at how the the game-winning goal was scored it was a it was a shot to the net that goes off a stick and and I mean uh, eventually became a goal. But even I guess in in real time, not many people thought it was in. But that's how you score goals in the playoffs. You put it to the net and you get traffic in front of the net and it goes off of something or you get a rebound or whatever. But you have to have people in those areas, and that's that's an important part of it too. And, but you're right. And weren't Gerald, they pra- there wasn't a lot of room. Weren't they practicing that? They had everybody all gathered oh, yeah. around. I think it was stay locked, and they were just beating the heck out of the puck. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They've been they've been working on all sorts of things like that. Also, uh, yesterday they were working on shots off the wing, uh, not from the best angles, but uh, looking for rebounds that get to the slot area, get to the middle of the ice. Um, so I, I would expect you know, a little more pucks to the net from the Oilers tonight. Uh, even though they well, they had 33 shots the other night, it, it's not like they didn't put a lot on goal. They did. I, I think they're just looking for stuff that becomes a little bit more uh, high-danger situations, even from something that, that isn't. Uh, and by that, I mean... If you let it go from an angle, it, it's not a shot that's likely to go in. And against Connor, Connor Hellebuck, it's really not likely to go in. But if that ends up in a rebound that's sitting in the slot or, or, or anywhere near the crease, if you have people there, now it becomes a high-danger situation off of something that you know a few seconds ago wasn't. So I, I would expect a little bit more push to the front of the net. And as a result, sometimes that makes the the heat in the game go up a little bit. Cam, are you expecting to see any lineup changes, and are you expecting to see any changes to the line combinations to get things going tonight? Line combinations, I could I could see that change. Yesterday at practice, they didn't do anything that really, uh, you know, show what 
was going to look like. So maybe later at uh, the morning skate today, we might get a better idea. I could see Coach Dave Tippett uh, shuffling the deck a little bit. As far as lineup changes, I maybe you know like a Devin Shore is a possibility. You know, so is a Tyler Hannes, but at what cost? Like who? I don't know who would come out. Quite honestly, I, I think the team wants to have a heavy presence, and, and thus you know a, a Zach Cassian in the lineup, of course, and. A, and a James Neal and, and a Jujar Kara, I mean, to provide that physical presence. So I'm not overly expecting a lineup change up front. Now, on the back end, could we see Caleb Jones come in for uh, for Cuckoo? Yeah, that's, that's possible. Uh, I can't rule that one out. Uh, but other than that, I don't see anything. There was a couple of players that had maintenance days, is what, is what they called them. Uh, they weren't on the ice at all yesterday. That was Mike Smith, which is to be expected. I'm sure he'll have a short skate this morning. Uh, but Ethan Bear was one of those guys too yesterday. So uh, I'm sure everything, you know, all good. But, uh, I mean, you never know. It's playoffs. Yeah, it, these things are usually pretty tight-lipped. So, uh, yeah, if, you know, if Cuckoo maybe came out for, for Jones, that's a possibility. But, again, that heaviness, Cuckoo provides yeah. a little bit more of a physical game. Well, I'm curious, did anybody play poorly enough uh, in game one to get yanked? Anyway, it, you know, they, they lost no. the game, so there's that. But I didn't really see anybody stand up. There was one miscommunication between uh, uh, Larson and Kulikov, but th- the rest of the game they seemed to be pretty much on board. So nobody played played themselves out of their spot, it seems to me. Yeah, exactly. That was the thing. They didn't play bad. <laughs> they, they outshot the Jets. I thought, you know, they, they they didn't get results. They didn't get the goals they were looking for. But the effort looked good on a different day. Maybe you you score a goal in the in the first or second period that changes the whole course of that game. So you're right. But I'm not expecting the the lineup to look different. I mean, it's possible, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if they went rolled with the exact same. Look, because, yeah, it, it wasn't bad. Uh, Cam, before we let you go, I just want to get your uh, your thoughts on, on the other series that we, we saw start in the North last night. Uh, oh. Quite the scene in Toronto last night, that uh, the terrible injury uh, to John Tavares. The fight after, I thought, was just stupid. Uh, but uh, it, that, that hit and, and everything, it just seemed to kind of take the life out of the Leafs for sure. Oh, it did. Yeah. Boy, you don't like to see that. I, I hope... Uh, Everything going forward is is going to be good for for John Tavares because yeah that was that was tough to watch. Um, I thought the intensity level of that game off the bat was better than the Oilers and Jets, yeah. but yeah. still not at the level of some of the other games. And I and I have to chalk that up to lack of fans. Uh, good on the Montreal Canadiens to you kind of flip the flip the story a little bit uh going into the series of course uh everybody's picking not everybody a lot of people are picking the the toronto maple leafs they're a heavy favorite but a solid effort by montreal a solid effort by Carey price wow that was some goaltending he just looked he, he looked so in control he looked so dialed in that uh, the only way you're getting one by him was going to be the you know the most incredible goal and speaking of incredible goals, the shorthanded goal by Paul Byron as the that it held up as the game winner. That was a thing legendary. of beauty. Yeah, legendary. 
Yeah, not bad. You know, just from his knees, yeah. busting his hump, trying to get in yeah. there, making it happen. Uh, just want to go back to that fight that fight thing with uh, Felino and Perry for a second. Nick Felino basically came out after the game, justified with doing, saying, you know what, your, your team captain's lying on the ice, hauled off in a stretcher, uh, and that Corey Perry's a big boy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Was that a twisting of the co? It, it almost like they felt like they had to do something but it didn't. It didn't make any sense. But they had to do something. It's sort of how it ended up playing out. Which did they have to? Probably not. Well, no, probably not. It was clearly an accident. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing Corey Perry could have done to. He tried to avoid it yeah. as best he could. But this but, should end that now. Yeah. At least, at, at the very least, anyway, it shouldn't carry over. They're not going to keep headhunting for Corey Perry in the next game. No, no, you're right. I I can't see that carrying over at all. I mean. Uh, I was as in, in as it was happening after they got playing again. I was, and I'm a dinosaur when it comes to this stuff. So <laughs> even even I was surprised that Felino was um, challenging Perry. And Perry's like, yeah, whatever. Let's just get this over with. But I was even surprised that Felino felt obligated to to toss the gloves off in that situation given that i mean there's there's no way that that was at all intentional and i mean that's just bad luck i mean that was if it had it been anybody else i'm not sure there would have been a fight yeah, like, yeah maybe it was maybe Corey just because Perry. Of yeah like it because that could have happened to anybody on the ice it could have happened to anybody could have ran into Tavares at that spot yeah. there's, and there's like what are you going to do fastest like, game it, in the world man <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's happening it is. in a split second in a split second yeah. so yeah i don't know it just okay. you're right it didn't seem it seemed silly cool. yeah fight's a mystery the fight's a mystery to me i just don't understand no. why it happened yeah well, it didn't make sense but yeah I agree. okay uh morley thanks uh cam thanks so much for uh, for chatting uh, enjoy the game tonight uh, i'm sure uh We'll all will as we watch game two and see how it turns out. That's been your Oilers Extra here on 630 Ched Mornings. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. <laughs> and Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.